Peace and welcome to season four of Artistry, where art meets industry. joining us for the first time welcome to artistry podcast where we are joined by visual and performing artists or arts administrators to discuss their creative journey if this sounds like something that piques your interest please be sure to subscribe to learn more about us and our guests if you are already a subscriber welcome back and boy do we have a jam-packed season for you we are celebrating our fourth season and we have been fortunate enough to fill these episodes with artists we have personal connections with and today's guest is no different yeah man excited Um, excited all right so uh you want to tell them a little bit about him i i want to you know I feel like you're flowing right now doing your, your black Barbara Walters. You know well, what I'm saying? you know. You know how okay. we do. Right. So today's guest is Anthony Christopher Brown, also known as Tony Concept, a multi-dimensional artist and designer. Tony was born in New Orleans and raised in Charleston, South Carolina. He studied film animation and earned his BFA from Pratt. A fellow alum. Okay, all right. Brooklyn's in the house. Uh, he is tr- a trained visual artist and creative director, producing works that center around iconic portraits with a mixed media st- street art aesthetic. In 2011, Tony began a signature style of art expressed as trap art. Today, uh, Tony was able to present his work to First Lady Michelle Obama on her guided tour of works featured at the New Museum in New York. He has been featured in publications like Vice, Fader Magazine, and others, and has worked with MTV Networks, Nike, Adidas, Fast Company, Beats by Dre, Jabot, and many, many others. Please welcome to the show, folks, Tony. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony. Yes, yes, please, please. Please, family. Man, look, man, I just want to just even before we get started, just say thank you, you know, to you guys for having thank me on the you. platform. You know, we, we long time peoples and yeah. uh, no. you guys have always been a, a, a North Star in terms of togetherness and love and, and all that good stuff, you know, which helps me with my wife and all of these things. You know, I have something to look, look and aspire towards, man. So I just want to send my gratitude and appreciation to y'all. You about oh, to make Thanks, me run bro. my mascara. You, know you better stop. You know, listen, man. Hold, hold up. <laughs> let, me also, let me also shout my, my DC fam because in, in the intro, you know, I, I speak about New Orleans in, in the Chuck, but you know, I got my DC roots out in Northeast, Benning Road. You know, my yes. mom family, man. So so we linked up with the DC tank too, man. So yeah. DMV so, in the house. Yes, yeah. indeed, man. Yeah, man. It's been 20 plus years. You know, we knew you when you came, because you came in after us mm-hmm. and right. yeah. lit- literally hit the ground running. So kudos oh. to you and all the success that you've seen in the, these past 20 plus years. Man, that's humble yeah, thanks man. and appreciation. You know, right? it's good to to see our class of, 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 of family, you know, all doing things in their respective fields in, a, in an amazing mm-hmm. way. So we've been blessed to, to have a, a network of folks that are all pushing you know, pushing their art and, and pushing their beliefs and the things mm-hmm. that they, yeah. you know, aspire for still to this day. 
<clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we started this. We started this was birthed during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this was our way of connecting with our friends. And pretty mm-hmm. much for the four seasons we've been doing this is still just connecting with friends and seeing what they've been up to and learning more about them. Because we've all hung out, but we mm-hmm. don't necessarily know the journey. And so right. that's why we decided to do this platform. Yeah, man. Oh, man. It's excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, so let's go ahead and get started. So we're going to yeah. throw in some questions, you know, just to find out more about your creative journey. As you mentioned, so you were born in New Orleans, but raised mm-hmm. in North Carolina. So South when Carolina. would you say, I mean, South, South Carolina, Carolina yeah. Lord have mercy, Charles, Charleston, South Carolina. My bad for everybody that's from Charleston. I'm sorry. I was in Chucktown, the Chucktown one time for the Chucktown. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So you tell know, us, when was, was yeah. Charlemagne actually went to my high school. He, he Charlemagne oh, wow. the guy. He yeah. read, like, He was in there like a year or two before me or something like that. Wow. But he Stratford wow. High School. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what's up. All right. Dope, dope. So tell us about your first interaction with the arts. Was it visual arts? Was it yeah. performing arts? You know, um, man, it's 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 um it's interesting I, when I think about my first foray into the arts, I think of Mardi Gras. You know, I think mm-hmm. uh, my early childhood memories of wanting to go to Mardi Gras, not necessarily to catch the beads and, and to hear the bands, which, you know, we all love to do in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But it was really to see the floats and to see the artwork, um, you know, the the, the, the the way people were dressed up, the the, the colors, everyone were where they uh they uh, purple, gold, and green, you know, and just to see the city turn into a, a large piece of artwork, you know, was was kind of like the, the beginning. And then from that, you know, I, I often go back to Beach Street and, and break in and movies like Wild Style, you know, mm-hmm. where I really, um, I think that's really what formed, you know, who I am today, you know, having those early impressions of seeing graffiti art and not having it in my city. You know, we didn't have a vibrant graffiti art scene in New Orleans, but I would look at all of these films and just really, you know, man, I want to go paint a train or I want to, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, um, you know, experience, you know, art on that level. And for us in New Orleans, it was more through the fashion. You know, it was a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, drawing on our jeans and airbrushing jackets and different things, you know, creating my own fashion and different things like that. So. That was kind of my first foray into it, you know, and into to having an appreciation for art. Right. Oh, oh. You know, um, from there, did you take lessons in high school? Like, were you taking visual art in high school? Because also, I know we didn't mention that you are a dancer. As yes. Well. Yeah, B-boy for life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And again, that goes back to those those early influences. I think I've done a little bit of each one of the four hip hop elements. You know, I got my turntables behind me. You know, I don't know if I'm gonna go and spit any bars for for Stan. You know, what I'm saying and get <laughs> ate up, but you know, um, freestyling and rhyming was always a part of the math. And you know, that's how I got my name concept through break. Well, actually, concept I got the name concept through writing graffiti. My first graffiti mm-hmm. name was Khan, K H A N, but everybody kept saying my K H's was trash, so I switched it to C O N. Khan, it still was the same sound, and then that in turn turned into concept as a as a b boy name. But um, you know, in my earlier days, man, you know, I was a only child, and um, you know, my father was absent for for a little while, a period in my life. So my mom, you know, 
had to find a way to wrangle me and the the way she could wrangle me was really through the arts you know she mm-hmm. knew she dropped a, some markers in front of me and bought some poster boards home that keep me busy for a couple of hours and uh you know i would do summer programs you know the boys home and you know different things like that where um you know i could do art education over the summer but it wasn't until i met my uh my 12th grade art teacher miss bonnie stabler um mm. you know this woman um took interest in me and she brought me to new york for the first time and um you know i, I remember seeing renee magritte salvador dali you know um and you know some of the the greats and the artists that i had you know on my wall in high school, seeing their work for the first time in the galleries and and it, and it sparked emotional thing in me. Like my eyes kind of watered up and uh, my mm-hmm. art teacher walked up to me and, and I, I, I couldn't really, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't understand what was happening to me when I saw the work in person, but uh, you know, she grabbed me and was like, you know, you, you know, you should do art, you should go to art school. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, it's funny, the po- the piece that we have up right now, that persistence of memory, the eye by M- Renee Magritte, you know, it, it finds its way into my work even to this day, I think subconsciously, you know, um, and, and in my own style or my own work. But that that's one of the pieces that really influenced, inspired me, the persistence of memory by Renee Magritte. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was the beginning. The beginning was uh, getting to New York, going to the Museum of Modern Art, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Guggenheim and um you know just just uh then then I was aimed at you know going to art school and and found my way to Sarasota Florida to Ringling School of Art and Design my first year and um, I was met with some adversity there and and decided you know it was in my best interest to get to Pratt to Brooklyn what Um, happened in Florida okay (laughs) So if yeah, you don't mind so, me asking. I know I'm no, all in a, the business. That's a, that's a good one, man, and that's a keep it real moment. Um, I was one of two black male freshmen um, at mm-hmm. uh, Ringling, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at the time. The school is very, you know, much more diverse than than it was at the time. And and I don't know if you guys seen the movie. Was it Higher Learning? What's the one with Michael Rappaport? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I had one of those type incidents, man. A kid got robbed on my campus because the school was on. Martin Luther King Boulevard. We know Martin Luther King Boulevard is notorious for you know yeah. being our our section yeah. of the of the na- of the world and the neighborhoods, and mm-hmm. but the the school told it itself to be on Town Miami Trail, which was a street that was way behind the school. That was what they put their mm-hmm. address on. So mm-hmm. you know this kid parks his car and um, and you know he subsequently gets robbed by some guys up 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 the street in Newtown. He comes back to the campus and. He's he's yelling the N word and he's gonna kill this N word and that N word, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Hard ER, you know what I'm saying? And um, mm. me being one of the only blacks there, I, I had to go outside and confront this guy, man. And uh, mm. I ended up confronting him, and security came, and it was a whole thing. And uh, mm. and essentially, what ended up happening was I ended up finding myself on a panel uh, in front of the whole school, you know what I'm saying, talking about race relations and. You know, having, uh, you know, people come up to me after telling me how well I articulated and, you know, all this kind of nonsense, man. And, uh, you know, it was at that moment mm-hmm. that I decided I needed to go somewhere where, you know, I felt the vibe was was stronger. And, it, you know, I, I had it, that was the X that marked the spot in terms of my time in, in the Deep South, man, you know, coming up in, in Charleston. 
I dealt with a lot of things along those lines and and it was time for me to get around a more liberated uh, mindset of people you know and mm-hmm. I thought New York was the place for me especially with my love for for hip-hop and the things that I wanted to do I knew I could do them there so that's mm-hmm. just you know that's basically what happened you know it's funny it's interesting that you say that because our class when we came in I think the first four classes our class and the classes that came behind us we were the largest black <laughs> student mm-hmm. body yeah. that Pratt had mm-hmm. ever seen, you mm-hmm. know, and and it was a it was a small. I mean, we what made six per, not even six percent. And uh, le- it was less than less than six yeah. percent of the population. Yeah. Of the school, of school population, but we were all everybody knew each other, right? Yeah. Oh man, so it, it was, and it was we everyone connected in a way that you know even in Florida, you know, I we had Cipher three thousand, which was like you know, me and the, the upperclassmen that were there, all of us were in one, one you know, uh, apartment, you know what I'm saying, more or less, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, mm-hmm. when I got to Pratt, you know, meeting, you know, guys um, from the city that, you know, had gotten there, you know, Bone, Will, and all these different, Will and, uh, uh, you know, Henry Rembrandt and a lot of these guys, man, that were from, from, the, from the soil there and then folks from D.C., my brother Sky and, Mm-hmm. You, you know, you guys, it was it was a, it was yeah. beautiful. It was exactly what I needed, you know, yeah. and uh, I felt like I had the support system even through the black alumni there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was great memories. Man. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely, um, you know, I think about like the community that we built at the school and like, uh, and, you know, in Brooklyn is just one of those places that, man, is just it's so culturally rich. Like mm-hmm. the community we were able to build, like off campus as well, and some of those, some of that love was spilled on the campus, mm-hmm. and vice versa. It was just a really, really dope time, and um, to be there. And I feel mm-hmm. like we we caught that last little bit of Brooklyn too before it, like for the, sure, yeah, <laughs> before the gentrification really, really hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean a lot of my homies, man, were actually not you know, from school, man, I was on Clifton and, you know, I was around the corner, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was able to forge friendships with people in the neighborhood. And that was something important to me, you yeah. know, cause I yeah. never liked to feel like I was gentrifying <clears throat> somebody else spot. I wanted to find uh, some common ground with, with folks who had been there for a number of years, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Shout out to um, Red Rum Republic, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Spade man. And the homies BFD, and stuff, Spade, man. salute to you, man. That's all the family, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Beef as well, you know? Yeah. My and, G, uh, yep. You know, so after, so we go, go to Pratt. Um, mm-hmm. You're studying film animation. Yep, um, I was an illustration major um, initially, and then I switched over to film animation, yeah. Mm-hmm. So after graduating, what mm-hmm. happened next? What was your Man. first experience? You know, interestingly enough, I, I was in film animation and, I, and you know, that's always been a love. I think I had an, I, I was an illustration major because I love comic book art and, and mm-hmm. you know, and animation. And, um, you know, that's how I learned how to draw, you know, drawing characters like Spawn and, and you know, uh, <laughs> image comics and different things like that. And uh, when I got into the program, I realized, like, the, you know, these guys all want to go to Pixar. And I realized, like, I didn't have any friends within, you know, my classes. Like, I, there was a big disconnect. I was going out and writing graffiti all night and going to class, you know, with, my, with paint on my fingers and, you know, kind of not, not dialed in. And uh, I, I said, you know, I got to do something that I really want to do. And, and uh, I got an opportunity to create apparel 
at a, a store called Nubian Heritage down where yeah. the Barclays Center is right now. It was right across. And uh, Rich Ludennis, man, this guy, you know, um, he created um, he created a, a, a shea butter line that, you know, now is in Walmart and, and you know, worldwide shea moisture products. And uh, he, mm-hmm. he gave me an opportunity. He bought me a one color press. And I was able to convince my buddy, Will Herrera, you know, who's who's doing great, you know, a, a, a brilliant designer now doing, in the world of fashion. I got Will to, to come in in the basement with me and we started printing tees. We created uh, the Make Love brand and it was yeah. mostly uh, iconic. Yeah, I, iconic imagery, you know, uh, iconography, just um, pop art, you know, on tees and, and found items and thrift items. And, um, you know, that was my foray into the world of fashion. And um, I, I, you know, I kind of hit a, a, a plateau with that and uh, decided to go to Echo Unlimited. So Echo Unlimited was the first um, fashion house I went to just, you know, of course, my love for that brand. I tried to work for a lot of brands that I always admired. And that was, you mm-hmm. know right up there being a graph head, you know, it was, it was triple five. So echo unlimited days, then days. So, um, you know, going to echo was like, you know, the Marines for design. I actually worked with Raphael and Rex Tanghao, two Pratt brothers uh, that I actually, I used to be boy with Raphael Tanghao. Now I think he's at Louis Vuitton these days, you know, so doing, doing really well. And um, I learned a lot from those guys, you know, That's amazing. Yeah, for real, for real, man. It's <laughs> you know, just, it's, it's like, crazy how the uh, how the journey works and where it leads you, and it's just dope. And then so many names, man, that you threw out there, like so many of the homies. Yeah, yeah, in a while, so many so mm-hmm. the homies. You know, shout out to them. Uh, it's just yeah, really, just dope to see the journey. But just circling back to hip hop um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the role it's played. Obviously, we we talked a lot about um, you know how graph. Uh, played a major role in your life um but as much as i saw you draw and um and do graffiti art you know like when i think of you even to this day of course i know yeah. your art and stuff i see the ai art stuff you're doing and all of that but when i think of you i think b-boy first yeah. to yeah. this day you know what i mean like yeah <clears throat> and it's just like yeah. you know yeah. from the time we spent the different ciphers and then yeah. um you know, even at one point in time, man, when I, I remember driving, oh, man, what was that, Spanish Harlem? I drove you up to uh, or rode with you up yeah, up there so you could uh, work with the kids and stuff, man. Yeah. But um, yeah. I'm just curious to know, like, how would, now how would you say that hip-hop has informed the, the art that you make, um, mm. even outside of things that people don't necessarily associate with hip-hop? You know, um, b-boying for me, you know, now as I'm older, you know, I realized that that was, uh, you know, it was a self-soother, you know, it's, it's, it's really about, my, it, it was my mindfulness, like it, it, it was uh, the physical to the mental, right? So the physical aspect of, of breaking was like, you know, now is a, is a older, a older, you know, cat, you know, I'm, I'm in the gym, you know, I, I go to the gym and I lift, you know, and it's part of my, it, it helps my mindset, you know, and I, I still break, of course, and, and exercise, but, you know, these things, in, in hindsight, when I think about them now, you know, these are all things that kind of form my fabric and, and hip hop, man, I just, I would come home from school, you know, I remember being like, what, third, fourth grade, and I would come home from school and at the time, Yo MTV Raps was on from like 3.30 to 4.30, but then Rap City was on from like 4.30 to 6.30 or something like that. So I would watch three hours of hip-hop videos every day 
you know what I'm saying? Like, and uh, it was just, it was just something that it, it was second nature, you know, it was, it was the culture. It, and, and I think that hip hop is American culture. If you, if you really, you know, look at it in, in those terms, but um, it, it completely um, carved a, a, a deep line in terms of my path um, because I, I, I wanted to, to work in that world. I, I wanted to be adjacent to hip hop and the things that I did and, you know, dance and art were kind of like, you know, hand in hand, you know what I mean? I, I, in terms of music, I would, I, I still make beats, man. I, and I mess with my tables, but you know, I, I think the things I wanted to put the 10,000 hours into, you know, were, were related to, to art. And I knew that yeah. dance had a, a short window, you know, if, mm-hmm. unless I was going to, you know, make that a career um, to mm-hmm. me, that was more a, a form of self-expression, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to, um, something to build my career around so right you know right yeah. for sure because after 40 you know them knees honey Bruh. them knees man <laughs> i still got my so look at all my ogs man my tops and all my ogs man they, these guys man are still kicking ass man i'm telling you, you know, the ice yeah. not <laughs> but they yeah, have yeah. the ice afterwards okay like playing ball right you know it's it's yeah certain point where you know you you become a teacher and and your student your apprentice student teacher type of thing but mm-hmm. um this, i could say the same with with you stan i think you know you was you was always an mc first you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and and i i knew that's that's you were in hot pursuit of that you know in, in all aspects mm-hmm. of your life and that's why it's a blessing to be sitting here now and, and see has mm-hmm. still super locked in what you know what drives them so that's why yeah, I, I tell people all the time man you know, my goal is to die surrounded by beautiful paintings and, and continue this art journey as long as I can, you know? Absolutely. You know, it's to piggyback on that. You have been fortunate enough to have exhibited your work not only in galleries, but in murals, um, you know, in several places. You with businesses, with brands, you've affiliated with brands that you've worked with. Do you remember your first solo show? Wow, I think, um, man, this is the Kobe mural. That's with Ash Society and, and Santa Ana here. Um, you know, a lot of brand partnerships and, and working with other companies, man, has always been a way to balance the corporate and the fine art. I think my first solo show, I, I remember just having my first, you know, l- you know, little party at Nubian Heritage, you know, for the release of the yeah. apparel and feeling like I had, you know, I brought my parents or something there that you know and I, and I felt like man i'm really you know doing what i said i was gonna do you know but um my, one of my first solo shows was was in manhattan um was in Man- manhattan i can't even remember the name of the space somewhere down uh broadway in uh you know lafayette that world over there something mm-hmm. and um yeah, I, I remember how naive I was about art. I thought I was going to, you know, sell one $250,000 painting and just be Basquiat. You know what I mean? My ego was like, <laughs> out of this, I can't put a hat on, on my head. You know what I mean? At the time. But, um, you know, that's 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 always fueled me to, to kind of stay in hot pursuit. I've learned so much about the business of art, you know, um, over mm-hmm. the years and um, the nuance aspects of it you know and how to make money outside of shows and and how to kind of keep one foot in the corporate world and and one foot in the fine art world because Mm. of it yeah what would you you know because one of the things that we pride ourselves in is is teaching visual and performing artists 
you know, the business of art, because I think mm-hmm. one disservice that a lot of art institutions do is that they don't pre- prepare students yeah. for the business side, like 1, forming a contract, you yep. know, what to ask for. Because a lot of students, you know, we came out working freelance, yep. but we don't know what, you know, you don't know your, your worth or what you should be, you know, so a lot of the things you learn from trial and error. What mm-hmm. would you say is your biggest lesson? You know, my biggest lesson, um, I read this book called The E-Myth, and um, I I, so I apologize, I can't remember the author, but anyone, you know, that's in the business of art or just if you just are in, in the business of being an entrepreneur, you know, um, the E-Myth is a high one on my recommendation list. Um, I had hit a point, you know, where I was only, you know, selling work sporadically, you know, and kind of, um, you know, hitting pockets where some I'm, I'm waiting for opportunities to come to me. And I really had to get proactive in learning, you know, more. Like you said, we, we're not taught business. I don't know why business classes are not offered, you know, within that art space like they should be, um, mm-hmm. even in the high school level. Right. You know, with the with mm-hmm. that type of education, learning about f- financial literacy and different things. But, you know, I, my wife actually got into to real estate. She had um, began investing in, in uh, Chicago because we live in a very expensive state, Southern California down here. So it was in our best interest to try to invest outside the states and. I'm going to just keep it all the way a buck to keep up with her. You know, I had to start reading, you know, else I was getting left at the, at the dinner table and not knowing what I'm talking about. So, you know, I got I found this book, The E-Myth, and um, it, it really, you know, it, it talks about being a, uh, a manager, a technician and an entrepreneur. And I would consider myself as a technician where I'm I'm going to quit a job to create, you know, a business and then I'm going to work harder than the job that I quit, you know, with limited, you know, uh, gains because I'm just a worker. You know, so I had to figure out how to put on my manager hat. I had to figure out how to put that entrepreneurial hat on and come up with different ideas and and be more um, respectful of time and and, and management and, you know, resources. And uh, after I did that, I was able to, you know, kind of diversify and think more about the resources of income and and different things like that. And, and, And with my art, I was able to start to go direct to consumer and use these social platforms to sell work and. Um, mm-hmm. You know, then lead people back to to my web, and um, you know that it's still a growth process. Now I'm in the process of, you know, following in your guys' footsteps, man. Just just creating more content. We're in a space where, mm-hmm. you know, being an artist, you have to continually evolve and and try to find ways to pivot to one, stay relevant, and you know, to two, you know, kind of stay ahead of the curve. So sure. I think reading that book was 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 pivotal and and basically I just say studying in general in, in terms of you know learning about business on my own you know helped my art career. Yeah. One thing I will say um I'm not sorry to skip you. Mm-hmm. Um going back to talking about the business one thing that I noticed especially in the visual art space mm-hmm. you have artists that want to stay in the fine arts lane, right? Yep. They you know when I when you talk about like when we think about you know multiple business business streams, financial streams, mm-hmm. selling your art, it, whether it's the actual physical, you know, with the framed art pieces, posters, mm-hmm. you have some artists that are like, nah, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Nah, strictly gallery or, you know, what what are your, what's your take on that? Well, you know, I, um, I have a family, you know, I have uh, two youngsters, you know what I mean? My, my, my 
son is five, my daughter is six. I, I always knew that I didn't want to be a starving artist, you know, and I, mm -hmm. I have responsibilities, you know what I mean? And <clears throat> when I was on my own, <laughs> you know what I mean? I could kind of play the game of, of just getting in galleries or being one-sided or laser focused on one thing. But I realized, mm -hmm. you know, just trying to, to keep the lights on, keep, you know, every everybody else, you know, taken care of, I had to diversify, you know, and it was a decision mm -hmm. that I had to make to just be responsible about my, my path. So it, it's a little different, different strokes for different folks, you know what I mean? But for me, that's why it was always important to find or get in a corporate space that was accepting of my fine art, you know, work as well and would allow me to kind of, you know, do two things at once um i might have veered off your question there but no nah, nah, you're right. but, no you answered it yeah you know i it, for for me it was a, it was a choice to to make sure i had a certain amount of stability you know in my pursuit and um continue to 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 learn and grow in in both in, in on both sides of the fence so for some folks you know Right now, even with the AI work, you know, I get frowned upon for for messing with the AI from some of my traditional artist friends, you know, but it's it's one of those things where I'm looking at at the future. I mean, it's not going to go away. It's already here. So I'm going to embrace right. it fully. Yeah. And take advantage, because I think even as black folks, we have to we have to some of us have to jump out there and get on the ledge, man, to 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 make sure we're in the conversation, because all of these right. things are coming at such rapid speed you know it, it it takes some of us to dig in and, and make sure we're we're in that conversation and so far you know i've been able to you know already begin to work work within that space so yeah no for sure man um real quick uh for those just tuning in uh we are talking with our good brother tony concept an amazing uh artist on so many levels um and you're listening to season four of artistry which is crazy to me we're four we're four seasons in quick shout out real quick uh before we jump into these other questions um shout out to words beats in life um you know words beats in life is the official sponsor of artistry season four and uh, they are doing great work we were talking before i was uh wanted to point out when we were talking about the lack of um business education at art schools like around the arts Mm -hmm. um shout out the words beats in life who's not only uh in their academy that they do teaching um, the various forms of art um through hip-hop through the lens of hip-hop but they are also offering business classes as well you know so um shout out to them man they're doing the work um and of course thanks for your support of the channel and the the podcast so on that note Let's uh, talk Pull about something. Air, air that horns for the air horns for season four. Eh, 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 eh. Yeah, I know, right? Hold on. Pop it up real quick. Yes. Sure. Sure. But yeah, man. Um, a shout out to um, that's what's up. Thank you, Blackheart. Has been a listener since season one. We appreciate the love, good brother. But yeah, man. Um, so once again, we're talking with Tony Concept. Um, you know, as a fellow member of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood, um, <laughs> you being a father too, I'm always interested to know how um, how fatherhood has changed you as an artist or changed your art. Oh man, I I can't I can't thank the Most High enough. You know, for my my kids. You know, what I mean, like. 
I, I just, you know, I, it, it's the, the, the greatest blessing, you know what I mean? The greatest mm-hmm. blessing that ever, you know, uh, happened to me, man. And, and you know, of course, man, God bless to you and your your, your queen, you know, your, your beautiful family, man, your queen and, and how, you, how you've managed to, to keep, you know, your family intact. I think, you know, the, the main thing I can say about how it's affected my artwork is uh, my daughter, as soon as she was born, man, I, I just, uh, I brought her outside with me and I would throw crayons on the ground or, or paint on the ground and, you know, put a canvas up in front of her and uh, watching her paint, you know, in in her freeness and her just, you know, her innocence has actually helped bring me back to uh, freeing up myself. You know what I mean? In terms of in terms of the work where I was taking things a little too seriously. So, um, you know, she's greatly inspired me and, and greatly influenced me to look at art, you know, um, in a playful way, you know, and, and, and that, and I think I was reading in Rick Rubin's book, you know, he opens up his book talking about how, you know, we create in, in playfulness. So sometimes you have to kind of lighten the load. And if you want to be creative, any a, a, a tip to the creators out there, if you're getting in a slump, just play around with something, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. don't put as much emphasis on what the outcome of something is going to be, just experiment. And I think that's, you know, a direct result for my kids. Outside of um, outside of that, you know, um, you know, I've um, I never thought about mortality or anything. You know what I'm saying? Before mm-hmm. before I had my kids and mm-hmm. legacy and generational uh, curses and all of these yeah. different things, I never thought about any of that stuff until you know I had these two uh, perfect children. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and now um, it's made me, you know, it, it's made me far more appreciative. And um, I think I'm really more inspired by setting up an environment for them to thrive. You know what I'm saying? Like just mm-hmm. just for them to walk around the, the, the home, you know, and have we have artwork in every corner of the house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I just think to myself, man, if I could have grew up and just had like a Kehinde Wiley on the wall or whatever, you know, I don't have mm-hmm. a real Kehinde Wiley. I got a bootleg one, but, you know, <laughs> right, right, you know right. I was about to say, word. Nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I stretched the towel from the from the gift shop. You know what I'm saying? It's a okay. poor man's Kehinde. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> but, so it, it it feels like a, a, a real Huxtable vibe, man. Because I know they're getting some culture with them. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's very important to me, man. Just to see, even bringing other creative people around them. You know, salute mm-hmm. to their godmother Lichiban. You know, she. You know, I got people, a little tribe of people that are creatives and can expose them to to you know. Uh, the world of art in, in a way that I think is going to be very enriching for them, you know? And we have a five-year-old too, so we got to, we got to get like play, play dates. Date. We got to get play dates. You already know they got to kick it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They gotta <laughs> kick it. My son, my son Marcy, he's going to try to just get on the roadblocks real quick. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But, you know, that's his, his thieves, man. You know, he on roadblocks, you know, but yeah. Uh, our yeah, eldest, a, she's a she's a gamer, and the youngest, yeah. one, but she's an artist too. Both of them, they yeah. love art. It's it's great to see, like you said, like right. watching them develop and work on it. Like Destiny, without even you know guiding her, she's like she stays within the line. She's yeah. like you know she's very meticulous like that. And Serenity, mm-hmm. like she's doing comic 
characters in anime and manga develop so. their own style develop of illustration her, right. which is crazy mm-hmm. like so. just mm-hmm. watching her go from like mimicking other people's styles to figuring out her own style and like mm-hmm. yeah it's it's just dope um to see man it's like it's like with art um you don't always hear people outside of art refer to it this way but with like amongst artists it's like when you figure out your style it's like finding your voice your language Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so Mm -hmm. um yeah man and real quick which made me think of um shout out to uh, a really dope um mc who's a professor oh my god i know her name i'm blacking out on oh samus Samus. uh shout out to samus um Mm -hmm. who's a professor now um i think at brown um but I took, uh, we were at BlurCon one year and um, the sister Samus was talking about something on stage about um, artists and in particular writing. Um, mm-hmm. And she was just saying that because she didn't see herself in certain stories or people that mm-hmm. looked like her, and this all ties mm-hmm. in with what you were saying about having that work in your home for your kids mm-hmm. to see. Um, mm-hmm. But she was saying that she basically was writing herself out of her own story because she didn't go. see. Yep. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I pulled my daughter in during that moment, like, yo, you mm-hmm. need to listen. Because mm-hmm. uh, this, you know, being in the anime, sometimes, you know, a lot of what they're seeing does not look like them. Um, yep. And so, yeah, yep. just we, we made a real conscious effort to talk to her about that and the importance of that as an artist um, because you know at some point in time other people are going to be looking at your work and if you don't if they don't see a little bit of you in your work um, it's going to mm-hmm. be even harder for them to find themselves you know what I mean a lot of times right. um, you know so it, man, yeah. my, my sister man says something she gave me some game the other day and she you know we was I think we was even arguing about something and she she made the comment mm-hmm. like you know this the home is the home is the real world for training the, your kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the outside world is like the fake world, you know, more or less. Mm-hmm. But this is the real training ground, you know what I mean, for, mm-hmm. for what's outside. And I, I really take mm-hmm. that to heart, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and just to your point, what you were just saying, man, it, it's I worry about that sometimes. Even being in, in SoCal, which is a little cultural desert, you know, it's not the same as being in the Brooklyn, you know, in that in that sure. type of vibe. Man, I, I try to make sure I give them as much game in, in here as I can, you know, about themselves and about the creative. That's, you know, kind of feed that creative nature, man. So salute to your baby girl, man, getting there. Man, mm-hmm. we, we need some, you know, we need some more designers, man. We need to take manga yeah. over, you know what I mean? it's that's the plan that's the plan (laughs) on scholarship right right that part too manifesting it that's happening it's already in the the book right we claiming it yeah man Uh, you you spoke about like um developing your style and Mm so let's talk about trap art how did that come Mm -hmm. to be you know um you know trap art you know is um Growing up in the Carolinas, um, you know, I um, I think it's my, my growing up in the Carolinas, um, you know, I, I was connected to a whole populace of folks, you know what I mean? And my, my homies and my friends. And I always felt like, uh, you know, tethered to a world that was different than the world of, of the, the art world and the contemporary art and different things like that. So I always felt like I had a responsibility to represent 
you know what I'm saying, for my homeboys and my partners and different things like that. And, uh, you know, the trap lingo, the, 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 the word, the trap, you know, I could easily say, you know, uh, I was raised in and around, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The, the, the trap, quote unquote, even the, the squares cat in the hood, you know, understands the lingo of the trap, you know what I mean? Because they cousins, uncles, you know, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Homies are, are, are all in that, um, you know, all in that nucleus, right? So mm-hmm. I just wanted to paint iconic images and do iconic images that I wanted to see in a gallery that I never thought, you know, were mm-hmm. represented. Like, I was like, you know, I think it started off with... um you know, Lisa Bonet, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, I was like, well, if Andy Warhol has, you know, uh, Marilyn Monroe, we got Lisa Bonet, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's like our, yeah. like, our link. This is probably, you know, before Beyonce or whatever, you know, we have our own right. cultural icons that mm-hmm. are big and, and have great meaning to, to us, our aunties, grannies, and, and the like. So mm-hmm. it was, it started there, man, just trying to go out in the street and paint, you know, Eddie Murphy from, um, you know, coming to America, you know, that was one of of the first ones I did. And it was crazy because when I started putting these images in the street, I didn't realize like how many people outside of who I thought they were for related to it, you know what I mean? Or Mm -hmm. could relate to those, those, those images. So that's really in a nutshell, how I started doing trap art, you know, it was really about mixing, I guess, hood culture, you know, with, with the art world and, and you know that hashtag kind of like grew on its own you know what i'm saying and um mm-hmm. you know I, I saw a lot of younger kids you know take to it and um come up with their own versions you know are the same that's, that's so dope that's dope yeah. yeah i know um earlier you um you know you were referencing god when you're talking about your children and uh, your blood mm-hmm. the blessings that they are um, which made me um, think, like, you know, how does, how do you feel like your your faith has impacted your work? Man, you know, um, man, I, I tell you what, you know, a God is my bodyguard, right? And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I say that because, you know, there's, there's religion and there's spirituality, you know, and um, mm-hmm. I've been trying to stay as closely connected to my faith as possible because I think life is a it's a real growth it's a it's a constant learning journey and and without that mm-hmm. spiritual connection you know you can get lost in the sauce real easily man it's a treacherous mm-hmm. world we live in man right now you know so yeah. um having that that spiritual connection has always been been there and the reason why it's been so strong for me is because there's been times where I've created things creative artwork and I knew it didn't come from me I knew it had to come from a higher place. So, mm-hmm. you know, with that that being said, you know, um, I think the most high is the is the creator, the creator of the birds, the trees, the sun, the moon. You know, if you look in a tree outside, this tree has, you know, 3,000 shades of green in it. And I'm sitting here with mm-hmm. my paintbrush trying to just create some semblance of one or two of those greens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think as creators like you know as artists we're intrinsically trying to chase the creator you know we're 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 trying to um tap into the god within us so you know for me you know my faith and the spiritual journey is is very important because you know being able to create something from nothing is a blessing you know and i don't want to take that for granted Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no for sure 
for sure. Um, shout out to Blackheart in the comments. He dropped this one in there. You know, just talking about um, um, that wave, bro. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. And again, that's like you know, that's being connected to the trap. Like you know, we we all Mm -hmm. connected, man, and we want to bring our piece to another genre. So, you know, I think Ti coined the term the trap. You know what I'm saying? And and we can Mm -hmm. go on a whole conversation about that. But, (laughs) but yeah, for for those of us who you know you know, may have, may not been involved in, in, in different things. We know somebody that's been involved in different things and have close proximity to it, man. And I think that's what we're trying to impart in the things we create. So salute to that. I got to hear some of that trap wave. You already know. Yeah, man. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah. So um, real quick, I know we were talking about like, you know, um, our faith, our children um, mm-hmm. impact uh, our work and different things. Um, and then obviously, you know, we started the show talking about our relationship and how we've inspired each other, you know, how we look to you and the things you're doing and how inspirational has been to us and vice versa, uh, vice versa. But, um, but I also wanted to talk about, uh, someone that we all knew, um, as well, who went to Pratt with us. And I know, um, that you mentioned him in an interview and, um, how he affected you and how his loss impacted us as well. Um, but yeah, if you could speak a little bit about Rob, about Roger, Rob yeah. Jones, if you don't mind, you know what I mean? Man, man, Rob Jones, blessings all the way, man. So uh, just to give context, you know, my my brethren, uh, Rob Jones from Inglewood, Inglewood, California, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, he, he was affiliated, you know, to some degree, you know what I mean, in a whole nother world. And, and he made his way out of that world in Englewood and Englewood and found his way all the way to Pratt Institute. And, um, you know, this was the type of brother, man, that would just, you know, he's the type of cat that would knock on my door, um, you know, on a Saturday morning, you know what I'm saying? Like seven in the morning on a Saturday, you know, you don't have to work. And I opened the door and he got a spliff in his hand and he just walks past me, sits on my couch and just sparks a spliff, says nothing to me, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I get in the bed, put the covers back over my head, then his hand come, I grab the spliff and we smoke. Look, and and then without saying a word, you know, for 30 minutes, he just leaves. And then I look, you know, I wake up, you know, and, and have the rest of the spliff is sitting there that in which he left for me, you know what I mean? So he was one of them type of dudes, man. And uh, he was a fine artist and, um, mm-hmm. you know, we, um, we would always talk about making it, you know, big together in the world of fine art. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we had big lofty conversations and aspirations about, you know, how we were going to take over this game. And he subsequently was, uh, you know, shot by the police on going, he went home for, for the summer, uh, our first year. And, um, you know, he had some mental issues, you know, that, that kind of ensued, which led to him, you know, being uh, murdered by the police in his home. And, um, you know, to this day, it, it's it, it's one of the batteries in my back to never, you know, give up on my aspirations in the art game. You know, it, it's, it's always going to be one of those voices in the back of my head to tell me to keep going when I hit points where, you know, I'm in the studio and I don't have it or I don't feel like it's going well. I try to, you know, speak to him and, and my ancestors, you know what I mean, to make sure I stay tapped in with him. He's tattooed on my body, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, he was just, um, you know, one of the ones, man, that that the most high will place in your life 
to give you enough game to, to to keep you going, you know, through through a lot of different things. I think certain people are just here, um, you know, to serve others. You know what I'm saying? And and that's kind of like uh, I think you know it was with, with Rob. So he's still a a great inspiration. And uh, in a lot of my work, his number was 44. His basketball number was 44. And I I put a lot of Easter eggs in the art, whether it be four X's mm-hmm. or or um, you know like sequences of four in the work that that um you know only i really uh understand um but Mm. you know that was just that's somebody that is still a voice in my head you know and uh i try to communicate with him when i can reach him you know what i mean um and and an incredible beautiful tribute how you are able to incorporate like his number and you know stan and i we were talking i you know we read the article and I was like, wow, you know, we have fond memories. Like Stan tells me your stories all the time of you guys all hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> always think about the time I had to go to court, uh, fight this ticket because of this dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's a, a, a little turnstile incident. I'm like, bro, I had money, son. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, wow, it was a trip, man. Shout out to the G Train. <laughs> yeah, oh, G Train life, you know. It's crazy too, man, because you know, like uh, I, I never thought I would. I found myself painting a mural in Inglewood at the Inglewood store. You know what I'm saying? Shout mm-hmm. to my man Steve. He had the Inglewood store. He's got an Inglewood clothing line, a clothing brand. And I did an Inglewood mural in Inglewood, and I was sitting there. You know what I'm saying? Communicating with him the whole time, and he brought me to the hood. You know, and that's just how how manifestation is. You know what I'm saying? He 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 wanted to show me his set. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. And uh, that that's why I think to anyone out there listening, you know, it's important to stay tapped in and connected to your loved ones. You know, you know, even if the, the time that you have with them is short, you know what I'm saying? They can impact mm-hmm. you tremendously. And, and he was one of them guys, man. You know what I mean? That, that, that definitely impacted me. And um, do you think you that's know, why you moved to California subconsciously or <sighs> consciously? Man, you know, um, I, I I think meeting him, I knew that um, meeting him and my, my 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 homie Chaz, man, shout out to my man Quinn from the Bay Area. Like a lot of the cats that I met from Cali, Cali, I just knew I had to. I'm one of them guys. Was like, I got to go do that. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, I had it kind of, you know, in my mind in going to New York. I, I knew I was going to be in New York for an, a certain amount of time, and I was going to be on the West Coast for a certain amount of time without even without even um, you know, um, without even visiting or, or knowing about it, you know what I mean? It, I think it was just, yo, them dudes from Souls of Mischief look so cool, yo. I'm gonna have to go out there and see what they're doing out there and, you know, the fuck side and all of that, man. So it was one of them things, man. But now I'm, yeah. I've learned a lot about the politics out here, man. There's a lot of politics, you know, with the gang culture and, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of nuance to our neighborhoods and in California, you know, Harlem, New York, Brooklyn, and New Orleans. Um, I'm I'm interested in the black experience in all of those places, especially as a black man. You know. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh-huh. Speaking of black man meeting a first lady, Michelle <laughs> Obama. So mm-hmm. can we? Can you have the picture? Oh yeah, I got, you know I got it. So there's a story. I'm just saying. I mean, she all hugged up on you uh, and I'm everything. T- I'm gonna take us off so we can just focus <laughs> on that glorious moment real quick. Hold up. I was oh, like, let me find out. 
my wife said she was all up on me a little something you know what i'm saying but, she was <laughs> nah man i'm gonna tell everybody out there man this is the this is a brilliant um you know when when i met uh michelle obama man um I remember they tell you know there was so much security right and they're telling us uh you know you don't touch her you know don't um you know don't get too close and and different things and you know it was kind of polarizing you know in, in a sense and uh you know when i met her you know we just looked at each other and uh i, I was like you know I, I was gonna bring it in but i was like I, I can't you know i can't do too much you know what i'm saying and <laughs> she was, uh she was just a super down to earth, real human being. And and I think the most important thing I could tell people, man, is like, we got to stop creating space between ourselves and these people that we see on TV or in elevated, you know, in elevated places. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because the reality of it is, is, you know, they, they, they're the same as us. You know, there's just a lot of extra stuff around these people, you know what I'm saying? And to create that distance and, uh, that conversation, you know, we talked about Charleston because she actually she said she was just in Charleston with Bill Murray uh, kicking it. You know, she flexed on me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was talking about, you know, I was talking about my mom's. But um, that conversation really made me um, more comfortable, you know, with with being able to speak to anyone. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because yeah. you realize, you know. There's, there's th that distance that we put, you know, that, you know, this, you know, Jay-Z has the same thoughts you do, you know what I'm saying? Beyonce, you know, she probably, you know, then sat and ate a bag of chips and watched the movie the same way you do on a Sunday, you feel me? Like, yeah. we just have to um, sometimes get over ourselves and, and un you know, and, and uh, understand that, you know, we're, we're so, we're far closer than, than we think that we are you know what i'm saying with some folk yeah yeah no, for sure you know we um earlier in the show we talked about ai and you know love or hate it some you know it's here it's arrived um mm -hmm. you have been doing a lot of work in the ai space as well as working with um oh uh, you know several different mediums mm -hmm. so what is your take on AI um, as far as in the creative space? You know, this is one that um, my brother Micah Blacklight and I, we go back and forth feverishly on. He's a traditional artist that feels like, you know, okay. there's so much plagiarism in the AI, it's, it's really hard for him to take on. And I understand, with me understanding this, um, the thing about the AI for me, man, is, um, I'll, I'll give you I'll give it I'll give you the story man this this kid he um he follows me and um you know he he was in a wheelchair and he does really great pop art right you know what I'm saying and um when I started doing the AI he DM me and and he showed me some of the AI work that he did and he showed me these beautiful images of wheelchairs and like these incredible spaces botanical spaces and and beautiful it was just like me looking inside of his mind you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and, and seeing a different chamber of his thoughts you know connected to his affinity and his love and how he saw his chair and um to me that is what's interesting about ai it's it's allowing people to go deeper into their creative pockets. It's allowing people to um, express themselves in ways they were incapable of, you know, 
due to either resources or like, uh, you know, learning or ability, you know, but at the same time, it's like when Fruity Loops came out or when, you know, the beat machine came out and now you're starting to see less people playing instruments, you know, um, it's a logical progression. I think you have to be morally responsible with it. Um, but I'm more intrigued on, I think when AI came out, my first thought was the movies are going to get better and the fashion is going to get better in one year. You know what I mean? It's just just too much. It's like a creative influx. So Mm. I'm on the fence in terms of using it as a tool, you know, and calling it my personal artwork, but I, I am in alignment with it as using as a, a tool of exploration. And that's where I've been having the most, you know, fun and, and uh, the most um, doing the most interesting work, you know, exploratory work with it and, you know, working with some some brands. And I'm I actually working on a really big project right now. I'm excited about, um, you know, just because of, you know, taking the, the leap and trying to learn how to, you know, use use the platforms. Yeah, yeah for sure. you know, and as uh, you mentioned, you know, having a moral compass when working with this, do you feel that the government should get involved and sort of regulate certain things? Man, that one is, I think, it. you know, it's hard for me to say because usually when the government gets involved, it's not the business, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. But, you know, if I, if, I, if I channel Micah's voice right now, you know, there has to be protections for people in their original art. You know, there has to be mm-hmm. some type of limit uh, to what, you know, I, I've had, you know, people already take the work that I've created and recreate, you know, new work with it already, you know, but, uh, I think for me coming from the world of fashion where it's all kind of, you still like an artist to create the next season, you know, it, you're borrowing lending from a lot of different things. I think, um, I think it's, it's not going to take the government. I think it's going to be more creative usage points. You know, um, like in in regards to music AI, I was talking to my buddy who's working with Grimes, the artist Grimes, and basically she's allowing a whole, um, she's allowing her fans to use her voice to make their own songs. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm. But of course, like the way it's worked out, there's a percentage that goes back to her and there's some parameters that she set, you know, for them using her voice. But I think that's where we have to focus on. We have to focus on you know, figuring out a way to use it that everyone's beneficial. Um, but I don't know if, if the government, you know, and, 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 and figuring, you know, getting them involved is, you know, where, where I'm at yet. Yeah, I, I don't know, you know, that, that it's a tough one for me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's inevitable, right? Like that, that's mm-hmm. going to happen at some point. Um, this is interesting with, uh, yep. one of our viewers just pointed out, just saying how they have a, a fellow artist friend who um, uses AI to give her ideas on, mm-hmm. on, on how to paint or draw her scene, um, but she won't use it to create, but more so to inspire her visual. You know, so that's, I'm for it. That's, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm for that 1,000%. You know, I, I've yet to, to create something in AI that I wanted to paint just yet, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. coming up with some different ideas. And, you know, like... Um, I love, you know, my wife and I, we've implemented chat GPT in kind of daily usage, you know, in terms of communication. I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, where where it gets tricky is like I was listening to um, 
I was listening to, I think, uh, Dion Cole, the comedian, talk about how, you know, he had, you know, AI write him a whole script or something like that, you know, connected to the writer's mm-hmm. strike. You know, I'm not really into AI taking jobs from people. I think we need to educate folks and implement it into the process of what we're already doing. I don't think mm-hmm. AI should should be able to come in and replace someone, um, mm-hmm. you know, similar to how now AI has been implemented into photoshop which i think is dope you know what i mean i don't want to spend 30 minutes looking for some grass to put behind something when i can just ai the grass you know what i'm saying like i think i think that application makes sense to me um Mm -hmm. but but again yeah i'm 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 not into it taking you know from someone and the same thing was to be said with wordpress when wordpress came out like all of the web Mm -hmm. designers were like well, what are we going to do? You know what I mean? But now yeah. we see that, you know, there's still people learning how to build front end web. And there's people who, you know, I just need to create a site to sell my kids, you know, Girl Scout cookies on and using WordPress. So right. that's that's yeah. what I think is going to happen with the AI application. <clears throat> it's still going to be it's going to work on both sides. Yeah, no, for sure, man. For sure. Um I know we got to get out of here soon, but uh, I wanted to first, uh, before we get to these rapid fire questions, uh, I wanted to shout out some of the people you've mentioned and some of the companies you mentioned, because uh-huh. it all ties in the past guests. So first of all, shout out to all of our past guests who are Pratt alumni. You know what I mean? You know, we got to rap. You know, also shout out to um shout out to alan cole one of our past guests who uh, works with wordpress and has done a lot of templates for them um and of course shout uh, shout out to micah black like also a former guest of the show yes season two my guy big big guy (laughs) big inspiration yeah man that's the homie man Mm -hmm. absolutely Um, so yeah so let's uh get into these rapid fire joints uh so Sorry in we, advance. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so this is what, what we do to wrap up the show. Um, we have some rapid fire questions that we want to ask you. And so it's either like this or that, or you have one choice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But So you want to go with the first one? Um, yeah. And some are light and some are more like, oh, why you do that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so, so we're going to start light, you know? I'm going to come in on um, this one right here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So we're starting <laughs> off light. Favorite color and why? I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with turquoise. You know what I mean? It's just like a it's the color of the clear water in the Bahamas. You know what I mean? Mm. That's what I want to be. And the reason why we wanted to ask that because looking at your art, there's clearly a theme. There's Mm -hmm. some colors that you use more frequently than others. others. So I was just interested. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Next one. Now I know you from the South. You a son of the South. Okay, (laughs) and you and you like to cook. So. Seafood gumbo yeah. or shrimp and grits? Lord have mercy, you know, it's the, the, the seafood gumbo. If y'all want to get a good, quick 15-minute gumbo recipe, go to my IG. I got you. <laughs> you know I, mean? I got to make it quick. You feel me? <laughs> now, do you do a vegan version? Because we don't eat, you know. We don't now, do see, you, you, can, you, can do a ve- you can do a vegan version of the gumbo for sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, okay. I'm sure there's a vegan sausage. That's going to be the main thing that you got to do. And you get, you could probably, there's got to be some, you know, it's all about the Tony Catcheries though. You know what I mean? The seasoning, I mean, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm yeah. sure I'm going to have to work on that, that recipe for y'all though. I got you. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, you keep us like moving. I said, we're coming in December. We're coming in December. Right. right. Say less. Say less. <laughs> all right. All right. So 
Next one is uh, which artist do you most identify with style-wise? Uh, Renee Magritte, Banksy, mm -hmm. Warhol, or Basquiat, and why? Man, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to give it to John Michelle. Identify with him style-wise because he was the first to write on, you know, write messaging on on, cam on paintings. And mm -hmm. to this day, if you if you do that, you're biting his style. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I do do a lot of written messaging, and I try to do it in the form of logos and, and icon iconography. So I'm going to go with the great John Michelle Basquiat, you know, South Passe. South Passe. He's your brother. You know All right. Um, as a comic book lover, comic book head, again, mm -hmm. style wise, Black Panther or Spider Man? Mm -hmm. She tried to start a war. Man, man, yo, man. <laughs> I'm gonna have I'm gonna to go with it. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have, mm, damn. I'm gonna have to <laughs> go get, with it. Look, I'm gonna get you out. I'm gonna get you out. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of Spider Man to choose from. <laughs> Spider-Verse, I'm going to just go with the Spider-Verse just because, look, look, I'm going to have to go Spider-Verse, man, because that was my, I was, I was, yo, I was, my my son right now would smack me if I don't say Spider-Man, so, you know. I gotta, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the new Spider-Man's coming out. It's out today. today no, tomorrow. 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 Yep, yeah, man. tomorrow. Miles, man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's Miles Morales. Yep. All right, last All right, one. Last one. There we go. This is for uh, the dancer in you and music okay. lover in you. So house music. So here your choices are deep inside or, mm. or follow me. I'm going to go with deep inside, you know what I'm mm. saying? Because okay. deep inside is going to put me in the back by the speaker, you know what I'm saying? Mm. In in my bag where I'm I'm not worried about nobody else but follow me I'm I'm holding hands with everybody you know what I'm saying and we <laughs> we getting it in together but deep inside is more my bag cuz I like to get tucked away and just get really into the music man it's one of the ones um let me give one thing before we go man I got to yeah. tell you man one of the illest things I ever seen in my life I can't remember if this was if this is your birthday or whatever it was and I don't remember where we was at but Stan wrote a rap for you that was like, I think he spit this, I, I can't remember where we was at, I don't know if it was your born day or, was, or what it was, but you know, this is probably before y'all was like married or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But when I, he spit this rap for you and I, I feel like everybody in the joint, like they might have teared, like boarded up or something like that. Wow. But when I saw that and I heard what he said to you and I saw I, I was looking at, you know, you and and, and I, I saw his sincerity, you know, what I mean, it stuck with me to this day. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the way I said, man, that's the way I want to, you know, um, covet my queen. You know what I'm saying? And I think oh, wow. you a teacher and I salute you for, for how you, you know, you build your family and to see y'all together doing what you do right now. That's what life is about more than the monetary and all these other things that we, yeah. we have, man. I think that's one of the most important that finding that connection. I'm thankful to have that connection. You know what I'm saying? Even though, um, my old lady probably say I get on her nerves, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm thankful to have that. But but I definitely look to you, man, for for uh, uh you know the way you move, man. So I salute you oh, and, and God bless y'all to y'all foundation. You know what I mean? I had to, I had to tell you. I wish I knew the, the venue and I can't remember, but I, I just remember that's one of the memories in my my mind that stuck out, man. Oh. 
And you know, appreciate thank, we appreciate that, and we receive that. Thank mm-hmm. you, we, and we still together. We still together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He go. ain't gotten hey, tired of me yet. Let, let me tell you something. I don't even know if I told. I don't even think I told this to Shell yesterday. Yeah. Man, I was so ready because when the tour ended, man, um, you know, I've been on tour since like May fourth. Just got I home yesterday you. around eleven. Yeah. While I was at the airport. Um, while I was at the airport, they offered like three or four hundred dollars to um to take a later flight. And it was mm-hmm. like just an hour later, but a couple hundred yep. dollars. Yep. Right? They come back through and they was like, Man, now we got five hundred. Oh, they up in the end. Uh catch this five PM. Right. By the time I got on the plane, they still making offers. Fam, they're yeah. like fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah, for you to catch yeah. this 7 p.m. joint. Yeah, right. I was so ready to see my family, bro. <laughs> yeah, that I, I sat there was is. like, I'm that's good. That's what it is. That's what it is. Now, let me be clear. Let me be clear though. <laughs> I ain't faking. Like even off tour with the money in my pocket, <laughs> I could use some more. Bread. <laughs> you know, you but <laughs> when you were saying about like you know money aside and what's really yeah. important, like y'all was ready to see is, my man. family. Like now, you, you know what I mean? Thinking to yourself, man, I, I could catch the kids before they go to sleep or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what mm-hmm. it's all about, man. Yeah, you know bro. I mean? So salute to you for that. And, you know, if you would have got the bread, you would have had to spend it on her anyway, you know what I'm saying? I so, mean, you know. This uh, this is what I'm saying. Thank you. She going to be all right, though, because, you know, <laughs> taking to see this woman in hip-hop join on Sunday night. Yeah. We going to party go. with MC Light, Bahama D, all the greats. Yeah. So, yeah. Man, I wanted it, man. Light had the ill. She had the cut. She had the, the Yes, skin. that mushroom, honey. Light had I'm, the best mushroom. I can't mushroom. wait. Hands down. Can't you wait. Super fly. Word. Yo, Tony, thank you. Man, you know, and I remember, awesome. too, you know, you've been witness to it for us being together from the beginning and mm-hmm. got to witness the wedding. So, mm-hmm. you know, thank mm-hmm. you for, you know, for your art. Thank you for your time. Yeah. You know, thank you for sharing this. I mean, the reason why, again, we do this is because we want people to really know the real. Because a lot of interviews, they're not going to talk about all this. You know, limited Mm -hmm. time, resources, whatever. But we thank you for taking the time to share it with us. Oh, man. And again, I I just thank you for, you know, most importantly, our our fellowship, you know, and just knowing y'all through this uh, journey. And we got way more to go. So. Again, yeah. salute to y'all and continue blessings in abundance to you and the family. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Anything you want to plug before you go or are you good? Man, you know, I got a new YouTube. Um, Life is art is is the mission. I'm still trying to like kind of put the, you know, put put the uh, the mission together, you know. So subscribe to the YouTube. That's Tony mm-hmm. underscore CNCP. Um, I got a new IG. Of course, that's on the ticker down there. Just check out the work, man. Stop by and say what's up. Um and yeah, man, that's it, man. Life is art, man. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be sure to uh, add the YouTube channel to the link of this video. Um, I mean, to the description of mm-hmm. this video. And uh, for those of you um, listening to the podcast, be sure to check out the information he just gave you so you can learn more about our good brother, uh, brother Tony concept. Everybody, yeah, I'm going to get thank- off of here and I'm going to listen to some substantial and new jobbies I got, you know, in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Just go ahead and put, a, put that on for a spin, you know what I mean? All right. That's what's That's- up, man. Appreciate you, brother. Man, God bless y'all. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Peace, everyone.
All right, folks. Thank y'all for tuning in for another episode of Artistry, man. It feels good to be back. Make sure that y'all look out for the next few episodes. Who we got next week? Next week, we have MC Javier Starks. Yeah, man. Shout out to Javier Starks, talented MC, even better brother, also an athlete. 